Welcome folks, this is Tank Talk. We do this every single week. My name is John. And I'm Lisa. And we talk all things aquariums, the good, the bad, the ugly, the impacts that aquariums have on lives, how to keep aquariums, all the stuff. And today's topic is a really good one. I've actually wanted to talk about this topic for a very long time. I've talked with people uh, in person about this, but never really talked about it on any social media platforms or anything like that. So very excited to get into it. But before we do, we got to talk about a special promotion that we're running on our website, keepfishkeeping.com. Why don't you tell everybody all about it instead of me? Okay, well, uh, for a limited time, if you buy a Shark Pro, any size Shark Pro, you will get an additional cartridge, uh, sponge uh, cartridge media. You will get that free with your purchase of your Shark Pro. And that's automatic. You just order the Shark Pro and it'll show up in the box with it. The additional module, with and it has the three sponges in it. You can put whatever you want in it, but it has the sponges. So get on that while you can, because once we run out of them, we're out of them. So yes, well done, my lady. Let's talk about Tanked. Let's talk about the show Tanked and its impact on the hobby. Was it good for the hobby or was it bad? I've actually talked with people that have said, Oh, I hated that. It was bad. And they give all these reasons of why the show was bad. I don't happen to agree with those people, but there are those people out there. You know, you're, you're not able to make everybody happy, no matter how hard you try. I will say today's topic is probably going to be dominated by me. And that's not because I don't want to involve Lisa. It's because you, you didn't really watch the show. Well, in 2011, when it first came out, I didn't watch TV, period. I don't think I started watching any kind of a TV show on a regular basis until uh, I think probably around 2014. And that's when I binge watch The Vampire Diaries. And the reason why is because we had our fish store and the last thing I wanted to do is watch a fish show. I lived and breathed it. That's totally understandable. I mean, I, I kind of feel that way now. Although, if the show tanked was to come back on TV with new episodes, I probably would watch it just because it's aquarium stuff and it's very cool. So, I want to go with this as if you, the viewer or listener, if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms out there, I'm going to go with the assumption you have no idea what we're talking about. I find that hard to believe, but... You might be somebody that came to aquariums because of COVID and tanked was long gone by then. And you don't even know what we're talking about. I want to talk about the show, what it was, the history behind it and all of that. Just a little bit, just to make you familiar with what we're talking about. Uh, and then we'll, we'll get into all the other stuff. This was a show that first aired on Animal Planet in 2011. Um, we had been together a couple of years at that point. We started the shop in 2012. Well, right. to, started the business in 2011, started the shop in 2013. I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah, this, this kind of, this show was on throughout our whole story arc with our fish store, but started up in 2011 and it went 15 seasons. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot, but it also doesn't make sense, does it? Because that would mean that the show went until 2026. 
So were they counting seasons as summer was a season and fall was a season? <laughs> I have no idea what it was that they did with that. I mean, back in our day, right. the television was a show, a season was each year. Uh-huh. And this show was 15 seasons, but it started in 2011. I don't know when the last show aired. None of that really matters. There is a lot of episodes of this show. I think the first season was kind of like a, a lot of TV shows. They only give them like six or eight episodes for the first season mm-hmm. to see if it's effective. And then if it is, then the, the following seasons are longer. There was also, I don't think it had anything to do with Tanked, but not long after Tanked was going on, there was another show. Well, there was a couple of shows similar, and I do not remember the name. Uh, I think the one was Fish Tank Kings, and maybe that was the only one. Is that the one that was about the, sh- the, the company in Living Color? I don't know, but there was another show that was kind of a copycat of Tanked, but it was lacking one thing in particular, and, and we'll talk about that. But then there was also another guy uh, or another company that built ponds. Uh-huh. I'm, I don't know if you know even know about this, but uh, Greg Whitstock. Oh, yeah, I have his book. Yes, you do. <laughs> that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And we have been <laughs> to his headquarters in Chicago. It's absolutely a fish keeper's oh, mecca. Yes. It's a beautiful place to be. Uh, Greg Whitstock, the pond guy, had a show it was only six episodes and that was called pawn stars it was out during pawn stars uh, and it was a very similar show to tanked Uh, but we're not talking about pawn stars or or fish tank kings or anything like that we're talking specifically um tanked tanked followed a company called atm which stands for acrylic tank manufactured manufacturing This is a company that was started by two guys, Brett Raymer and Wade King. I don't know how long they had their business prior to the show. I don't think it was like 20 years or something like that, but you know, their business was established in Las Vegas and they came up with the idea for doing this television show. I've seen interviews. We're going to talk about Brett a lot today uh, because he's somebody that we both actually personally know because of Mm -hmm. YouTube um, and because of Aquashellas, basically. Um, But, you know, I'm not only going to talk about personal conversations that I've had with him, but also interviews that I've seen with him on YouTube videos and from, you know, TV news clips and stuff like that. Basically, he saw the show American Chopper, which we're going to talk a little bit about that, too. Uh, One of my favorite shows in the beginning. He saw that and he saw the family dynamic in that show. He saw that they were the, the show was focused on motorcycles, but there was also this family dynamic that made it a very intriguing show. And he said, well, my brother-in-law and I, Wade, we, we have this quirky, fun, crazy relationship. We also build amazing aquariums. We can make a show out of that. And so that's exactly what they did. And it was picked up by Animal Planet and, and away we go. The show was a humongous hit. I don't know where it ranks in Animal Planet shows. Might be the number one show for Animal Planet. I don't know. But what they basically did was each episode of the show would show the, a project being built. It was what the project is, where it's going. They would show the construction of that tank. 
and then at the end they would install it and then get the reactions of the people that they built it for and stuff like that. They would build aquariums for people's homes, businesses, celebrities' homes, celebrities' businesses. They went all over the place. It was very, very cool. And when this show first came out, it was, it was like an answering of my prayers because aquariums were always looked at as you know, you're a nerd, you're a science dork. If you're into aquariums, having a television show come out about aquariums to me was like a validation, like, oh, well, we're not nerds. We, we're, this is a real thing. This is a, a mainstream thing. And it exposed so many people to this amazing hobby that otherwise would never have been. So it was a very, very cool concept. Brett and Wade, uh, I, I think I mentioned this a second ago, they were brothers-in-law. Is that how you say it? Brothers? Brother-in-laws? Brother-in-laws. Brothers-in-law. Wade know. was married to Brett's sister. Correct. Right. And they also had on the show, and she was on the show. She worked for ATM. And then they had Brett's father. Right. Who they called the general. Mm -hmm. He was also on the show but not only were they on the show but they they were also part of the business so they were working the business while also being tv stars and this show produced some of the most incredible aquariums some of them a little corny too i mean you know let's be real they they went a little overboard on this but um what you had with this show was the aquarium angle of things where each episode, the beginning, you know, I just went through this, but I'm going to do it again. The beginning, they would be basically interviewing the client. Client might have been a business owner or a celebrity or, or just a person at their house. Then they build it. And that's where, when they're building the aquarium in their facility in Las Vegas, that's where all the fun would happen. That's where all of the, the family dynamic, the, the pranks and the goofiness and stuff like that that would happen around the shop while they're building the aquarium. They had some amazing people working on them. One of them was a, a character on the show who they called Redneck. I don't know the guy's name, but he lived in an RV out in the parking lot. And I actually got confirmation from Brett that was real. Like he really did live out there. Oh, wow. And, uh, and they called him Redneck and he was the guy, he was like one of their main builders of the aquariums. And uh, so you would have the bulk of the show would be the construction of this aquarium. And then at the end, they would take it there and install it and, and get the reactions and all of that. So it was a really cool story arc in every <laughs> single episode. You have... Uh, setup, conflict, resolution. Conflict is not always a bad thing. Conflict here was now we have to build the aquarium. And then the resolution is the reward that you get at the end when they make the reveal. The, the concept was awesome. And when it first started, I was absolutely hooked on this show. I could not get enough. I remember walking in while you watched it. So it's not like I was unfamiliar with the show. I just didn't sit down and watch it from beginning to end like you did. I just kind of glanced. I'd be like, oh, wow, look at that really cool aquarium. Oh, those fish are so pretty. And But that was about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was hooked on it because, you know, this is my life. This is my livelihood. This is my life. And, uh, and it just 
you know, it's, it doesn't take a whole lot to convince me to sit down and watch a one-hour episode of a television show. But uh, some of the highlights of this show for me was obviously someone who is a highlight on anything he's on, whether it's a YouTube video or a commercial or uh, playing in, a, in the NBA, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, I think, I could be wrong, but I think he actually had two projects that, that got done Again, I could be wrong, but Shaquille O'Neal is a master class in charisma. I mean, it, he's just, I'll watch anything that he is on. I think he may have been in the first season of this show. Again, I could be wrong. I just know this guy is really into fish. <laughs> he is, and he's, he's seven foot two. He's like 400 pounds. He's a, he's a giant. He has ponds, which Greg has gone out there and, and put a pond in his yard and then gone and rebuilt a second pond so and then he has the aquariums in the house yes Shaquille O'Neal loves fish which is awesome to have an advocate for this hobby uh, at that level that's, and, that's very, and what very did cool. he say about Big Rich that time from Ohio Fish Rescue when he met him it, it was it was something like they called you big <laughs> and <laughs> when Shaquille O'Neal is towering over him because Big Rich is probably Six four, six five. I just thought that was hilarious when I heard yeah, that. That's uh, Shaquille O'Neal is a giant compared to someone whose name is Big Rich. But yeah, Big Rich has been to Shaquille O'Neal's place for the the pond build that they did for with Greg Whitstock. But Shaquille O'Neal, one of the episodes, they his nickname was the Diesel Shaq Diesel, uh, and they took a diesel truck the front of it like the front clip and made an aquarium out of that which was neat it was cool a lot of the aquariums that they built on this show are, are not something I would be interested in mm. but it was really cool to to see how it was done how they how they conceptualize the whole thing and then the, how they actually execute it and then install it and see the reactions and all of that it was very very cool uh, we, I brought up American Chopper earlier and, and I, I've seen Brett in, in interviews say that that was a huge inspiration. Same concept, but with motorcycles. You've got client wants a particular motorcycle. They build the motorcycle. They deliver the motorcycle to him in the end. And it's all cool. But there's, there's two things with both of these shows that they both are very similar with. And, and this is one of the kind of issues that I had with the show long-term, same with both shows. The, the family dynamic was fun and interesting. When it comes to Brett and Wade and, and their, their whole family, it was quirkiness, it was fun, it was ribbing each other, it was you know playing pranks on each other. One episode I remember, Brett put a whole bunch of hot peppers on Wade's sandwich. And, uh, and I, I asked him if, that, if they really did that, and he never gave me a, a clear answer. But things like that that they would do in the show, and it was fun, and it was, you know, kind of wasn't all about just building an aquarium, because I don't think this way, but a lot of people might find that to be the boring part, the building of the tank. We got to mix it up and start adding some things to it. And, but then there started to be more and more and more and more, I guess you could say, drama and and i think a lot of it 
was forced drama. It was like, hey, we got a reality show now. We have to involve extra things to make this show interesting. Yeah, so it what it appeared to be, um, because I came in on some of those episodes, not in the beginning as much as like towards the end of the show, it seemed like it was um, scripted drama for the show. Right. Instead of reality being, you know, it being organic, it was more scripted. So... Yeah, and I, you know, before we move on too much further, I, I think we should mention we have actually met and gotten to know Brett through oh, Aquashellas. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I've we're, touched on it briefly, but we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> he is a guy that we when we met him for the first time. Actually, it was a it was a little awkward the way I met him for the first time, but <laughs> I okay, I got to go way back here. So. It was like 2013. I was sitting in the in my recliner. I I think it was like a Saturday morning, watching something on TV. Shocker, and I get a notification on my phone, and I looked at it with disbelief. And this notification was, Brett Raymer is now following you on Twitter. Oh, I'll never forget that day. You were so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. This was, you know, the show was still relatively new. Right. It might have even been 2014. I, I don't know when it was. But the show was absolutely at its peak. And in the aquarium world, Brett Raymer was a god-tier personality in the aquarium world. And I'm this dope sitting in my recliner on a Saturday morning in King George, Virginia. And he's following me. I am not lying to you. I had four followers on Twitter at the time. And how many subscribers on YouTube at that point? Uh, it was like, like 10,000. Yeah. It wasn't a big number, but I had four followers on YouTube or on, on Twitter. And one of them was Brett Raymer. Oh yeah. And I always looked at it like, that's not really him. I'll give you a good example. I, I, again, probably around the same time, I got a notification that Pitbull has subscribed to us on YouTube. Pitbull, not a dog, the guy from Miami that sings the songs and I don't know much about him. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. The girls love him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I can't even tell you one of his songs, So, but he was a huge superstar at the time. And then I realized through looking into it, it wasn't him. It was just some Troll. goofy person that created an account yeah. under the name Pitbull. But he had the pitbull photo avatar and all of that and but for a minute that was kind of a big deal like oh this guy's a big time celebrity and he's following me i don't know why and so i immediately reacted that way with brett raymer but with twitter you don't really at the time have the opportunity to you know really see if it's real or not uh, more on that later but that was a really big deal from actually not later because we're talking about meeting up with him now so when when we met him for the first time, it was at Greg Whitstock's headquarters. In, in Chicago. In Chicago. We were there for Aquashella. Greg had an event. We went there. Brett was there. And the very first thing I said to him, mm. we were in Greg's office. It was towards the end of the evening. And Brett was walking by and I said, hey, man, my name's John. I introduced myself and all that. Hey, Brett's like a 
super high energy guy. Hey, John, great to meet you. Blah, blah, you know, and I said, let me ask you a question. Do you follow me on Twitter? <laughs> He's probably like, who the heck are you? <laughs> and that's exactly how he was. He was like, I follow a lot of people on Twitter. I said, yeah, but you know, way back in the day, I got a notification that you followed me. And, you know, I was pretty excited about that. And I, but I've never really known if that was the real you. He whips out his phone. Well, let's see, shall we? And he starts scrolling through. And sure enough, yeah, it was him. And that was really, really neat. I, I don't know why. He didn't even know who I was at the time. I don't know why he followed me, but he did. And, or us. Probably just because it was something aquarium related. And he was trying to stay in the loop. Just like everybody else. Yeah, and I don't know how big Twitter was at the time. I don't, I mean, dates, what do dates even mean anymore? But that was a really cool thing. And after that, uh, over that weekend, we spent a lot of time with him and, and his wonderful wife. Are they, they are married, girlfriend. right? Girlfriend. Okay, girlfriend. Melinda, she's a sweet lady. Melinda, she is awesome. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time with them. And then the following Aquashella, we. We all got together and went out to eat. And yep. Uh, that. <laughs> the worst part, though, is that he's a Dallas fan, and we had to watch that game during dinner that night. Do you remember? Yes, I, I do remember that. And that was uh, <laughs> in Dallas. That, yes. Because we met him in Dallas. Chicago. And then in Dallas, he invited us to dinner, and it was a TV that was the size of the entire restaurant. It, it was, was a huge. massive, probably 30 foot wide television with the Dallas Cowboy game on it. Brett was wearing a Dallas Cowboy jersey. I know. So it was kind of a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because I was raised a Redskins fan, so I was raised to hate the Cowboys. And, uh, but we had a lot of fun with that. And we, we were there a few hours uh, he paid for everything, which was unexpected and awesome. Brett's an awesome guy. He's a really nice guy. And he is more than happy to talk about anything to do with that show. I would be too. I don't blame him. Uh, so we asked him, I asked him a lot of questions about the show and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and he gave us a lot of insights, some of which I, I don't feel would be appropriate to share. Nothing bad or controversial, but, you know, kind of more towards the personal side with the family and, and all of that kind of stuff. But, uh, and then multiple Aquashellas after that, we hung out with him and Melinda and, and it was, they, we, we've, I mean, I'm not saying like, we're going to their house next weekend, but, but we're friends. If he right. was to. He's was invited to, us to Vegas before. Yeah. He has, he has a pizza restaurant out there. Stallone's. And I would love to go there. Oh my gosh. Every time I see like post about the food or something, I'm like, oh, it just looks so good. Yeah. And I am a sucker for pizza. So oh, I yeah. would love to go there. Yeah. He's invited us there multiple times. Uh, and you know, if we ever make it out to Vegas, there's no way we would not go to Brett's restaurant. Of course we would. But so, you know, we are, uh, we're friends with them. I don't know that we would be like, you know, we're not going to be invited to the wedding. No. We're not at that level of friends, <laughs> but we we've, we've gotten to know them and they are both very, very sweet people. And so when you hear me and us discussing some of these things, that's how we know what we know because we've gotten to know them and, and they're awesome. So, um, 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, now, I, I started talking. I know I'm all over the place, but this is something that I was excited about. I started talking about some of my favorite tanks that they did there. Um, or did I even mention that? I don't know. But that's what we're going to talk about now. Uh, some of my personal favorites that they did was uh, there was a, a casino. I don't know the name of the casino. I don't remember the, the actual details of this. But I'm assuming it's there in Vegas because, you know, casino. But they had this gigantic round bar. And behind that bar, they built a round aquarium that I don't remember the dimensions of it, but it was probably 24 feet round. It was absolutely massive. Maybe the cameras just made it look that big. It might have only been eight foot round, but I don't think so because they had big stingrays in there. Three of the big stingrays that like flap their wings, those kind of rays. And uh, they had sharks in there, a, a school of look downs. I mean, these are all big fish that they had in there. That must so, have been a really big aquarium. It was huge. It was absolutely gigantic. And it was round, which is neat. It looked like the centerpiece at a public aquarium is oh, what it looked like. Okay. Absolutely stunning. But there is no better example of what they did on that show than the one that is at the IBOC church in I Dallas. I did see that one. And I was going to say... The one I'm thinking of, was that at a church? Because it was a wall, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was gorgeous. Not only was it a wall, but it, it was it was a giant wall. Right. And they had the, the a big, like, plaque up there that has a, a Bible verse on it, I believe. Two humongous archways cut into the aquarium. I remember that. Which were also acrylic. So when you're walking through those archways, you're looking at the water. Uh, absolutely stunning. I, that is, without a doubt, my favorite. And I did talk with Brett about it. It's his favorite, too. Uh, it's, and that, I don't think there's any debate. Uh, they, they showed that tank on multiple episodes. I think they built that tank prior to the show. I, I don't recall seeing them build it on the show. Uh, but they did go back and visit it. And then they went back again and they put like a, a man-made cross in it. And they had all of this drama with Wade putting it in. And it, it was interesting. Um, but it was a, they made a cross that had the IBOC on it and a bunch of coral and stuff. It was really neat. And they, I think, might have even been an entire episode was about making that cross and then delivering it to them. And the choir was all out there. It was really, really, really cool. And that aquarium, to me, is... It's one of the finest aquariums I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I, I've never physically seen it, but uh, to not be at a, a an actual public aquarium, that is a, it's a standout, no doubt. Um, that would be my favorite. But then as far as the celebrities go, Shaquille O'Neal, obviously I mentioned, Tracy Morgan is another one. Um, now here's the thing, and I've, I've told Brett this. I love Tracy Morgan. As a comedian, you, you might not even be familiar with who he is. I have no idea. Um, Tracy Morgan is the comedian that was, uh, had a Walmart semi truck run into his vehicle and he was in like critical condition and then he won this huge settlement from Walmart. And all anyway, hmm. none of that matters. Uh, they built an aquarium in Tracy Morgan's 
basement. And I thought it was quite possibly the most ridiculous aquarium I've ever seen. Mm. It was huge. It took up a whole wall in his basement. But the theme was like either Moby Dick or Jaws. I, I don't recall. But the when you're looking at the aquarium, it looked like a boat with the aquarium behind it. And there were sharks in it because that's what Tracy Morgan wanted was sharks. And so it was like this Captain Ahab, Jaws kind of theme. And it was just silly. I I think it would be awesome if it was in an eight-year-old's bedroom. Hmm. But to be for a grown man, Tracy Morgan, you're not watching this. But if you are, I think you're awesome. I was not a big fan of that tank. I told Brett that and he was like, "Eh, well, you know. But that's a good example of, of something I'm going to touch on here in a little bit. Uh, but then the, the last standout to me was Neil Patrick Harris. Um, Doogie Hauser is oh, where really? you would know him from. Yeah, He is very much in the magic community, the magician community. Oh. And they have like an exclusive club for like big ticket magicians in L.A. I think it's in oh. L.A. And they built an aquarium for that. Uh, as far as celebrities go... Those would be the standouts for me. And then uh, as far as the the number one tank I ever saw, it is the IBOC church. And I think that that tank still goes down as their kind of crown jewel for their business. Um, unfortunately, their business is, uh, is no longer in existence. Um, after the show, you know, things kind of went downhill. There was some family drama. There was all kinds of stuff and it didn't work out. And that's, that's where I'm not really going to talk about that in, in this, you know, type of a thing. That's Brett and, and the Raymer and the King family business. That's not our business. Um, but it was a, a very, very cool show. And, and some of the inside information that I got um, that I thought was interesting. And it makes a lot of sense when, when you really look at the way a TV show is produced. As I said in the beginning... When you start the episode off, they're at the client's house. Mm. Let's say Shaquille O'Neal's house. And they're talking with Shaquille O'Neal. What kind of things are you into? What do you want to do? Do you want to do a theme? What kind of fish do you want? And then they go back to Vegas. This is what it looks like. And then they build the aquarium. And then they come back, install it. Well, that was all for television. That was not the real way they did this. And, and Brett talks about this openly. You got you to gotta be efficient when you're talking about aquariums so what would happen is there would be meetings and and phone calls and stuff like that uh correspondence through email where they would be working out the details of what the aquarium is and then they would build it and they would visit sometimes they would visit the client and then they would build the aquarium take that aquarium to the site whether it's the business or the celebrity's house or whatever and then film the intro, whoops, film the intro for it. Mm. And then change their clothes and film the install. And so, you know, for TV, it worked. It's like, we're meeting, okay, we'll be back in a couple of months or whatever. But in reality, it was all done on the same trip because they're filming episode after episode after episode. All of these things have to be done very efficiently. The logistics involved in all of that can't have them flying back and forth to people's places nonstop every single day so that's the way they worked it out and you know what being somebody that uh, produces content that is 
micro size compared to what they do, I completely understand why they did it that way. You get all of the stuff, you get all of the footage, and then you go, you film your intro and your outro, and you're out the door. It makes total sense. Um, but not a lot of people know that, and a lot of people don't know a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on after the aquarium's installed. And that's, that's a, another something that we're going to talk about um, in, the, in the pros and cons section here. But one of the things that happened, and, and this happened with both of the shows that I've been talking about, American Chopper, nothing to do with aquariums, and Tanked, the stuff started getting more and more and more extreme. When American Chopper first started out, it was a, a guy and his two sons building absolutely amazing motorcycles. And then you can't just build a really nice motorcycle over and over and over again. You got to start putting Spider-Man webs on it. You got to start making it look like jet fighters and then make one that is all New York Yankees and make one that's completely out of chrome. And you've got to go to extremes because people are going to get bored otherwise. And Tanked was no different. They, they, they had to continue to evolve and do more and more and more extreme things. And that's when it, to me, that along with the, the family stuff, which I really wasn't interested in, not because they're not interesting people, but just because I'm just not interested in that kind of stuff. Um, that's when I started to kind of check out a little bit on the show. And what I would do is I would, back in the days of TiVo, I would TiVo, I don't even know if it was called that at the time, I would record the show and then I would watch it, but I would watch the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes. Not that I wasn't interested in the building process of the aquarium. I love that part, but that's when all the other stuff would be put in there which I just wasn't interested in. I was interested in seeing a really cool aquarium. And so that's what I would do. And again, I told Brett that. And he said, I think a lot of people did that. And, you know, it is what it is. That's what I was interested in. I wasn't interested in all of the in-between. Um, and American Chopper, it got to the point where it was just unwatchable because it was every episode, it was the Tuttles just fighting each other. Oh, yeah. And that, I'm not interested in that. I mean, that's just, that gets boring to me. To see a good argument is one thing, but when it's every single week, it, it's, you can only slam so many doors and all this. It just got they to They were be, always so mad at each other. I know. I mean, it, it, they're father and son, and I, I don't even think they're on speaking terms oh, to this day. That's sad. Yeah. It, it, with Tanked, it wasn't that way. It wasn't a lot of fighting going on, but it was just the antics and all the silliness and you know they would put like deadlines on things and make it this big dramatic thing and i just i just want to see the tank. i feel really bad for saying this i really do but i wasn't fond of the females on there and i know that sounds really bad because you know i but i get it there are a lot of people that watch our channel that are like, I'm here for John. I don't really care about Lisa. So I, I definitely understand that. I guess it was one way to get females in the hobby, though, by having them on the show. But they kind of annoyed me. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's I'm not trying to offend them, but that's just how I felt. 
I mean, hey, listen, we, we all can't like the same things. Um, I'm sure they're really nice people in person, just like, you know, everybody else is. But, um, yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but the thing that, that got it for me was the the manufactured that you were talking about. Yeah. The manufactured drama. That, That's the part I'm talking about, not the organic part of it when they were just being regular people you know that didn't annoy me right it was when it seemed like it was acting right and you know we've talked about this we do things on our channel sometimes where we'll have like a skit and i think about that and i'm like i wonder if that annoys people like that part of tanked annoyed me because i really like the parts I did see of the show, I just like the the building of stuff, the fish that I saw that were in the tanks, and that was about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about all the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, there. Just because that didn't fit our needs, we don't like that. There were tons of people that did. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> they definitely. Because you know, like I said, I wasn't a TV person to sit down and watch a show. So what I did like about it was things that I just mentioned, not some of the other stuff. Yep. But other people might have loved it. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't for me, but a lot of people did. I mean, it was a very, very highly rated show for a very long time. Uh, as I said, 15 seasons. You don't do a television show for 15 seasons if it's not successful. Oh, so yeah. a lot of people were loving that. But, uh, but uh, you know, that part of it, wasn't for me loved everything else but it, it wasn't for me in the beginning it was fun because you you don't know these people yet you're just getting to know these brothers-in-law again complicated mm -hmm. as what they're supposed to be called but um but then once you know everybody and the the characters are all set redneck and the general and agnes and the i forgive me i don't remember brett's sister's name it it just got to be where it was like okay that, that's enough um but it was a success, successful show nonetheless. And, and mm -hmm. talking about that show as a success, we should get into the pros and cons of it. You know, this, the title of this video podcast is, was it good for the hobby? And in order to really discuss that, we've got to go over the pros and cons of it. Um, and one of the first, we'll do cons first because whatever. One of the first things that, that I heard from people, well, there, one of the things, not the first, but one of the things I've heard from people is the tanks were too out of touch for the average person. Right. Um, you know, they're building these massive extreme setups that are in these big businesses and hotels and casinos and celebrities' houses. No one's going to ever be able to touch those. Uh, I think that's dumb to say that. I think that's dumb to say that's a, a negative towards the show because let's think about it. Every show that's ever been made is that way. I mean, starting with the actors. In most shows, you have actors that are perfect tens, which is unreachable for most of us mere mortals. Maybe you, but not me. You know, you're starting there. That is an untouchable thing. And then the people in these shows have big high level rich jobs and 
even if you go to the reality stuff, the DIY stuff, one of my favorite shows of all time is this old house. We live in a house that predates the Civil War. That show is why we live in a house like that. I will never be rich enough to be able to do the things that they did in that show. It's untouchable, but I'm still completely entertained by it. You watch shows, they used to have that show about uh, Boyd Coddington, I forget what it was called, but it was all about hot rods where they would build these hot rod cars. I'll never have a car like that, but I still love the show. I'll never play in the NFL, but I still used to love watching the NFL. I will never pitch in the MLB, but I still love watching baseball. You know, yes, these, these tanks that they were building are out of reach for most people, but I don't think that's a bad thing. That's, you know, it's showing something extravagant so that you can get people interested in it. So I think that's kind of dumb. But then there was another one, uh, and this was actually something Brett told me that he's heard people say that there was not enough attention on the fish. It was more the tank. And they, they would get complaints about that. You didn't tell us anything about the fish. You just said, this is a Enlikeri biker, biker, whatever you want to call it. But the show's called Tanked. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the show is about the tank. It's not about the fish. That's, that's very true. Uh, and there's only, you know, in an hour-long episode, there's like, I don't know, it's something like 40 minutes of actual content because of all of the commercials. So how are you going to get a full lesson on each fish and all that kind of stuff? I can you, completely understand that, though, because being in the hobby, I want to learn about the fish, too. I want to know about the fish. I want to know what kind of fish, where they originate from, stuff like that, how to take care of them. But if you are going into this show watching it and it's called Tanked, obviously you're going you're gonna to hear more and see more about the actual tank and not so much about the fish That's but right. it would be nice you know to have a little bit more of that as a bonus i feel like if that show was current if it was on tv right now they were filming new episodes of mm -hmm. it i think they would probably have a thing that says to, to learn more about this visit our website oh yeah and they may have even done that then i don't know but but that's the thing there's only so much time and you know I know some of the projects that they did would span across a few episodes, but a lot of them were start to finish one project in one episode. So, you know, there's only so much time that you have. And again, if maybe they had incorporated less of the drama, maybe they would have had more time to talk about the fish. I don't know. I'm just saying that was not a complaint for me. I did not see that as a problem. Because just like you just said, I didn't watch Tanked to learn about fish. I watched it to get exposure to really cool things that involve fish. Right. So, uh, I, again, I don't think that that's a valid complaint. And then the <laughs> one of the dumbest complaints, this is by far the dumbest complaint. And again, straight from Brett's mouth, the fact that they used fake corals in their tanks. Oh. I, I, I don't know if you were there for that conversation, but they would manufacture their own corals. And they're these big, elaborate 
made from epoxy, I would imagine. I don't remember. Uh, but they would make them in their facility. They had all these molds and they would pour this stuff in it and make these fake purple and green and yellow corals out of it. And people would complain, you're not showing real corals. You have to look at what these tanks were for, why these tanks exist. They're not reef tanks. They did do some reef tanks and they did a couple freshwater tanks too, but most people that build tanks like this are, are gonna be building them for saltwater. But uh, if there was a hundred tanks that they built on the, that show, like 98 of them were saltwater. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just is what it is. That's their clientele. But let's just say that casino, casinos have a lot of money because everybody loses their money at those casinos. <laughs> but they don't have, when you have a multi-million dollar aquarium like that, that is absolutely massive, the size of this room, it would be millions of dollars to buy large live corals that have that kind of an impact on an aquarium that size. Yeah, you can go buy little plugs, little frags, and put them in a giant tank like that, and it would basically look like that, which to me, that's beautiful, but a business, a casino that wants people to go, ooh, ah, they want that immediate effect, that immediate impact, and they're gonna get that by having those corals that are man-made, and those are a whole lot easier to keep than the real ones. I never even realized that or even knew that. Everything looked real to me whenever I saw it. Yeah, I mean, they look very realistic. It looks very cool. Uh, you know, you have this giant tank, big fish. You know, they wouldn't put little baby fish in there. They'd put big right. fish in it. And so it's the impact of it. And But not only that, the ease of maintenance. And, you know, there are tanks. Uh, that church, I believe, has two full-time employees whose job it is to maintain that aquarium. Wow. And that makes total sense because it's basically the size of a public aquarium's tank. So I totally get it. I'm sure that casino also has a full-time employee that is responsible for that, maybe even more than one. You but, would have to. It's. I mean, you would have to have employees to help take care of it. I cannot imagine someone up someone going up and doing a sermon and then being like, okay, I'm going to go do my water change now <laughs> <laughs> in a tank that size, you right. know, see you Wednesday for a Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you have to have employees help. Yep. Yeah. And you know, corals dying, corals are very difficult to keep. They're very expensive to keep, you know, it to me is a really dumb complaint that they use fake corals. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's stupid because these businesses want to pay a million dollars for an aquarium that's gonna have an immediate impact the second it goes in, uh, there you go. You know, it, that's, that's how you get it, is by not doing live corals that are gonna take 12 years to grow up to full size. Right. But then, without a doubt, the single largest complaint about that show was the introduction of fish to the tank the second they're done building it, the lack of any education of any kind as far as the cycling process goes, and 
the fact that you should not add fish the day, you know, they never talked about that on the show. And now a little behind the scenes talk here. Again, this is, we would not know this information if we did not know Brett. Uh, there were actual like things in place for someone to take care of those tanks immediately after delivery. And that was basically in the contract for it because we're going to leave this with you. You don't know what you're doing, Harry homeowner uh, or business owner. So there needs to be a maintenance contract in place before we, we leave. And I think, I don't recall exactly, but I think the first few months of that is actually organized by ATM themselves. Like they are the ones that contacted the, the maintenance firm, got all of that in place. And another thing that they would do is a lot of times the fish were put into the tanks for effect and then removed when the show was done. Not all of them, but I know uh, he told me about a couple of them where they, they put a whole bunch of fish in the tank. And then as soon as they were done filming, removed half of them and took them to the facility that the maintenance company had. And periodically they would add more to where after a few months, all of those fish were back in, but not that immediate day one. So this was something that was addressed by them, but it's certainly true that they didn't address it very much in the show. Well, that kind of, ooh, that's one of those things, though. If you're somebody that you're new to fish keeping or you want to get into fish keeping, you think, oh, I can set up a tank and I can throw all these fish in at one time because that's what they did on this show. So I can completely understand people having a negative reaction to that. Because that's the opposite of what you want to educate people on. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with it. It is, it is a legitimate complaint. I understand why it wasn't done. Because again, this show was not about, here's how to keep fish. Right. The show was about, we're going to build an amazing aquarium. And for effect, they... They wanted to put these fish in there to, to have a, a big, bold effect. You know, the show American Chopper is not an education on how to ride a motorcycle safely. And that is very true, too. So, you know, I, I get it, but I also understand there is not enough time in every episode to teach people how to keep fish appropriately and, you know, exactly how to do everything. It's just not it's not possible to do all of that. Uh, that is the number one complaint that I hear about the show. And, I, I, you know, it's true. Yeah. But at the same time, we do it too. We set this tank up on video, put fish in it the day after we set it up. And that's true. And now we did that because we know what we're doing. And if we don't know what we're doing, we have friends that we can call on that'll be here in, well, take Mark an hour and a half to get here. But, you know, <laughs> we can make some calls. And FaceTime friends and, hey, what do we got to do? You know, we have ways that we can work it out that, you know, maybe somebody that's brand new to this wouldn't have. But, but you know, in, we, we in, did the same thing that that show did. But in your defense of doing that, you explain that in the video as well. So it's not like you just did it and walked away and everyone thought you just did that. You did explain, okay, I'm adding this, but this is my backup plan. This is what I'm right. You know, I have in place. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it, that's one of those that it's just, uh, it's a really difficult one to argue with people about that one because it's, it's just a fact. They did not show a whole lot of fish care stuff on there. Um, but I'm, I'm not mad at them for it because, no. because of the pros. And that's what we got to get into here. Yes. The, the top three pros for the show tanked are exposure, exposure, and exposure. I am somebody that personally believes when I go to these Aquashellas, and I'm not saying this because I consider Brett to be a friend. I'm not saying this because I personally loved the show. I'm saying this because I believe it from the bottom of my heart. Every single vendor that is at Aquashella that's selling their corals, selling their filters, selling their stuff, advertising their new products, all of them should be kissing the feet of Brett Raymer and Wade King because they brought so many people to this hobby. I would have said this in 2019 before I even met Brett. I would have said this, and I believe I actually have said this on our channel before. They brought so many people to this hobby that it's immeasurable. I mean, they've had an absolutely immense impact on exposing new people to this hobby. Even though we just talked about how you know, the, a lot of the tanks that they did, almost all of the tanks that they did, unless you're LeBron James, are out of reach for the average person. It doesn't matter. It still opens the door and says, you know what, that looks really cool. I would love to have something in my living room. Might be a lot smaller, but I would love to get something like that. It's really hard to talk about this and not continue looking I back know, there I know. to make sure he's okay. But, uh, or she, I don't know. I don't know if it's a male or a female. But there's, there's absolutely no doubt that there are probably, uh, dare I say, millions of fish keepers around the world that would not be fish keepers had it not been for that show. Millions might be a stretch, I don't know. But I think there is a whole lot of people that were introduced to this hobby from that show and are still keeping fish to this day. Even though yes. tanks were out of reach, they didn't teach you how to cycle a tank, there was a, the family drama in there. It still had a massive impact on this hobby. And I wish I could tell, I, I would have no way of knowing, but I wish I could see how the industry went like this when Tanked was on the air. Okay, so let's be honest. I think Finding Nemo was probably a little bit, you know, of a, it did it too. It did the same thing. And then those kids kind of grew up a little bit and then they started watching tanked and then it you know so they've been around for a while maybe uh well okay here's the only argument that i would give finding nemo sold a lot of clownfish mm -hmm. and maybe a lot of blue hippo tanks and it probably killed a lot of clownfish but it got people in the hobby as well. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it was one of the biggest movies of all time. So I would say probably did have as big, if not a bigger impact. But For children, getting the children involved. I think Tinked was a great one to get adults involved or people that were young coming up and watching it still too. It, 
it kept them in the hobby. They were both, well, I think if I had to, to say which one I liked better, even though I watched Nemo all the way through, I would say probably like tanked better, even though I only watched a small percentage of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just so much more with tanked. Finding Nemo was a great movie. Um, I never even saw Finding Dory, so I, I don't know if that one was good or not. But Finding Nemo was great. And I mm. think there's so many clownfish that are in existence today that probably wouldn't be if it had not been for that movie. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree there. But regardless of Finding Nemo, Tanked had a massive impact on this hobby. There are so many people keeping fish today that would not have ever been exposed to it. They always thought, oh, aquariums are for nerds. That's for those losers that their houses are dirty and stinky and they just have aquariums with brown water in it. And I never no. thought that. Well, okay, that's fine. But a lot of people do. And, you know, it's a nerd thing. It's a sciencey thing. If you're, you know, you're a nerd unless you're out there playing sports and all of this kind of stuff. And now because of tanked and because the hobby has grown so much in popularity, they don't feel that way. It's not a nerd's hobby anymore. Yeah. And again, I think they deserve a lot of, um, I think they deserve a lot of praise for that. And, and again, you know, the industry itself has a huge thank you that needs to be sent out because here's the thing, as I said before, they, their business uh, fell a little bit on hard times after the show uh, and even towards the end of the show. And I don't know for certain if the issues that they were having is what led to the end of the show or if the show just ran its course and, uh, you know, they just couldn't keep up with it anymore. I don't know. But they ended up shutting down. And so these guys had a massive impact on the industry and they're not even in the industry anymore. Yeah. I mean, at the Aquashellas, um, I would be standing there next to Brett and so many people came up to him and would say, I, I keep aquariums because of you. Yeah, some of them said it to me too. Some people would come up to me and say that because more modern day, you know, tanked was around a, a while back and it's not as prevalent now as it was. But uh, so many people that are, you know, our age, would come up and say, I keep aquariums because of you. And you could see that that still has a massive impact on Brett to this day. He absolutely loves that. And that's why he goes to these events. He's involved with a couple of companies that do things involving uh, the, the, the fish keeping hobby and stuff like that. He tries to stay involved, um, but he's not, you know, they don't have ATM anymore. And so, you know, that's, that's a shame that they had such a massive impact on the industry yet they're not a part of the industry anymore. Yeah, now. I think it would be really neat if he got back involved with the show and, and started doing it again and just learn from the, the cons, you know, and make it more, a little bit more educational too. If he added that aspect to it, I think he'd be really good at that. Brett is a guy that, is a natural born salesman. He could sell 
anything. And so whatever, he could do a show about anything. I, I think he's one of those kind of guys. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I would love to see them get back into it. And, and he did come up to me one time uh, at one of the shows last year. I, I remember exactly where I was sitting, what I was doing. He came up behind me and he put his hands on my shoulders and, you know, I had his face right here and he said, we might be coming back. And I'm not going to say what I said, but I turned around and, and I said, are you effing kidding me? Like what? And I guess it didn't work out. I don't know. But, you know, there was some talk about possibly bringing it back. And that would be so, so cool. I think anything on television in 2023 is a hard sell. Yeah. I, I don't remember the last time I watched something live on television. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, it's got to be really, really tough. But, you know, when you've got a proven track record from a long time ago, not not 30 years ago, but, you know, 15 years ago, however many years ago, 12 years ago, um, I, you ought to be able to you ought to be able to do it. I think he could do it. Um, but I, I just think that even we, John and Lisa, should be bowing at the feet of Brett Raymer and, and Wade King. I've never had the, the opportunity to meet him. Um, but I, I think we should because the influence that they had led us to the career that we have. I, I believe that. And, and here's how I know that. When I watched American Chopper, I wanted a motorcycle. If a good show can have that impact on people. Uh, but other things too. I remember always thinking the, the sport of golf was for dorks that wore funny pants and weird hats and old people that are retired in Florida. But then this young fella named Tiger Woods came along in the late 90s and I said, whoa. And I started playing golf after Tiger and, and still love it to this day. I, I, I'll love to spend a couple hours watching a tournament on a weekend, stuff like that. Love golf because of him. I love, I did end up buying a motorcycle too. Uh, after watching American Chopper, uh, I had aquariums well before then, but you understand what I'm saying. Television shows impact industries. And I don't think there's a show out there. We, I mentioned that Fish Tank Kings show. I've, I've never met anybody in the aquarium hobby that could tell me one thing about that television show. Who it was, what their names were. I think that that's the show that was involving the company out of Florida, I think, called uh, Living Color. I don't know anything other than what I just said. Uh, there were rip-off shows of Tanked. There were rip-off shows of American Chopper. When something is successful, is it has an impact on an industry. Others want to do it, and it makes total sense. So we should be thanking them just like Brian Barczyk and Will Nace should be thanking Steve Irwin hmm. and Jack Hanna, people that popularized exotic animals that those guys make a living keeping. So regardless of whether their aquariums are out of reach because they're millions of dollars or they don't teach the cycling process, we should all be very thankful for what they brought to this hobby. So was tanked good for this hobby? You're damn right it was. And I would say that 
in 2018 before I, or 2019 before I met Brett. And I will say that now and I'll say it to your face. So yes, there we go. Not much more to say about that. So let's get into Lisa's world. Is that my cue? <laughs> let's say it. Let's say it again. Lisa's world. <laughs> Well, uh, I believe you did a really good job talking about Tanked, and I, I'm sorry that I didn't have a whole lot to um, give to that talk, but um, I, I do agree with you. I, I agree. I do agree that Tanked was good for the hobby and still is. Uh, as far as Lisa's world, well, let's see. Uh, we took our grandson this weekend to go get his first fish for his birthday and that was a lot of fun we went to petco we walked around we got to show him uh lizards and snakes and turtles he was and fish. all into those he, lizards oh he i think he really wants a gecko or a turtle but he got a little fantail goldfish and uh i brought some snails up and so he's got some snails in his tank um we john actually is the one that pretty much did all the setting up of the tank um but it was it was a lot of fun so i enjoyed that a lot of good memories um so as far as what's coming up i'm gonna go see uh the new barbie movie that's gonna be a lot of fun my daughter and i have outfits picked out because we're gonna do the pink out uh, show we're gonna go to that one um, so I have two outfits picked out for the movie one is a, a dress that would be kind of retro Barbie the other one would be pajama Barbie so I'm gonna go with how I feel that day if I'm feeling a little uh, had too much to eat the day before not feeling it it's definitely gonna be pajama Barbie but if I'm feeling it and I'm feeling good it's going to be retro Barbie. I got the <laughs> blonde wig, the pink sunglasses. I got it all. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to see Barbie this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever you choose to wear to Barbie. <laughs> uh, oh, it's my turn. John's World. I wish I could get them to record, re-record that because they sound so unhappy in I my know. intro there. I never realized that before. It's like, for me, it's Lisa's world. <laughs> and for you, it's John's world. Well, we can tell who they like better, I guess. <laughs> uh, John's world today is all about a movie I watched last night that had a humongous impact on me. Don't forget, I only watched the first 30 minutes or I know, I'm not going to spoil anything. Don't worry. The movie that I watched was Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, I used to be the guy that would be begging you on opening weekend to go and see all of the Marvel movies and the DC movies. Unfortunately, so many of these movies have let me down recently. Um, I'm not going to get into all of the politics about it, but, you know... When, when you go to see Ant-Man, and it's not an Ant-Man movie, it's about everybody but Ant-Man, and Ant-Man is made to look like an idiot, uh, then it's, you lose me, and I, I'm not happy about that. Uh, this movie did not do that, and I was so thankful for that. Uh, Peter Quill 
as we all know, is is the the captain of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, and he was not made to look like a dummy. I can't spoil things, but it's him and it's Adam Warlock that were kind of the heroes of the day in that and movie. Baby Rocket. He and, was but, so cute. But that's why I wanted to talk about it because I'm not going to lie to you. And again, no spoilers. I almost cried. Aww. We started watching this movie, all of us together. Uh, well, the ones that are here. And our internet was screwing up. I, it, I don't know if it was Amazon or if it was Elon Musk. I don't know who screwed it up for us. But we couldn't get it to work on the big TV. So everybody dispersed and I ended up finishing it on my computer and I was in my office and I had to grab both of my chihuahuas and hold them. And I, and I was, I was ready to shed a few tears uh, because there are some deep stuff. There is some deep stuff in that, <clears throat> in that movie involving rocket and, and rockets friends. Um, and you know, in the end it's, it's happy. It's a happy ending. But wow, the otter and the walrus, forget about it. I mean, I, I was like, ooh, I need to hug something. And I grabbed my wawas. We call them wawas. And, uh, it, but it was deep. But I loved it. A uh, little predictable at the end with Adam Warlock. But again, you know, I, I loved it. I loved that movie so much. The last Marvel movie I watched was um, Ant-Man 3, whatever should have been called Kang. But anyway, I was really disappointed in that movie because I watched a movie for Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd was only in like five minutes of the movie. And I was afraid this one was going to be that way, but it certainly wasn't. Uh, everybody that was in it was amazing. I love Drax the Destroyer. I'm a huge Dave Bautista fan. He was great in that movie. Everybody was great. The story was amazing. Uh, the sad parts were extra sad. And, uh, and I walked away a little weepy, but amazing, amazing movie. Best superhero movie to come out since whatever the last uh, Spider-Man movie was that came out. Unbelievable. So there you go. Both of us talking about movies on uh, Lisa's World and John's World today. So You were a little bit more in depth with it. Well, it was an impactful movie. It had a huge impact on I me. I don't even know if I want to finish watching it now because I don't want to be weepy. Oh, you'll struggle. Trust me. But oh, anyway, I am going to do what we do. I'm going to pass this off to the beautiful Lisa to say goodbye to everybody. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. I know. And I have to pee. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate that. Uh, we will see you next time. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.